Hello and welcome to Movement, the weekly podcast for South Aussie Baptists to listen and imagine together. Each fortnight, we interview a leader from within our movement and then ask them to share one of their recent sermons with us the following week. So we're back for another edition of the Movement Podcast, and I'm here again with Scott Berry from Trinity Baptist Church and also our next-gen facilitator here at Baptist Churches. And Scott, last time it was great to have a conversation with you where we got to hear about your story and your passions. We even heard about the shark and your love for music. Uh, But today we want to take the opportunity to um, just chat to you a little bit about a sermon that you've selected for us to listen to today. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I'd love to. I uh, chose a sermon that I recently did about evangelism. Uh, it's, that's one of my passions, is talking about Jesus. And so, in particular, I chose this one because, it, one, it's recent, but two, I was in talking to a friend who I don't get to see very often and uh, actually at, at a recent gig, uh, at a Bajer gig at Woodville Town Hall, and I was chatting to him and he mentioned that he'd listened to the podcast of this sermon and found it really encouraging. So Great. I thought... Why not use that one? Um, and some credit goes to, I was uh, been reading the uh, one of Michael Frost's blogs and that kind of inspired the sermon around evangelism because you know, similarly, a lot of his thinking is around how do we go about sharing Jesus? And so that's something I definitely want to kind of push my church on. Uh, and the, like, part of the context again for it is Halloween is really big in our neighborhood. And so each year come... Uh, October, we're starting to figure out what we're going to do for that. So on October 31st, in Colonel White Gardens, there are hundreds of families walking around the street, knocking on doors, getting chocolate and candy. And so as a church, each year, we set up a Halloween stall, giving out some chocolates in in little bags with flyers in them for our playgroup, our our kids' ministry, our um, youth ministry. So people might... You know, eat their chocolate, but then hopefully at least some of them will read that and think, oh, yeah, okay, sure, I could be interested in going to check that out. And so we've had at least uh, one family from that comes to our church now, uh, who uh, it was actually a few years back now, turned up, like got some chocolate at our church and commented, this is the sort of church I'd want to come to. And then I remember thinking, oh, great, we had a chat and it was all excellent. And then I look for her next week, and the week after, and the week after. And a year later, she and her kids turned up. And I was like, wow. And she even said to me, remember me? I met you at Halloween last year. That's a great and, story, Scott. Um, and so that's the whole thing. So it's a, it, one of those spaces where we want to be connecting well with our community and uh, deliberately kind of prompting our people of, like, how do we go about sharing Jesus? So... Obviously, we always want to love our community, and you know we've been talking about that for a while. And so, chocolate is one way that people receive love. But then also the question of, like, what do you do when people start to wonder, like, what that is? Like, how do we put the Jesus story into words? So, here's me seeking to do a bit of that with a sermon on evangelism. That sounds great, and we're going to listen to that together now. Today, I'm going to be talking about evangelism. So there are many occasions where I give you a heads up as to what I'm speaking on. So like when we did the Sermon on the Mount series, I know that Christians are interested to know what's 
um, what Jesus said to us in the Sermon on the Mount. And next year, we're going to look at the book of Acts. Like, there you go. I told you in advance. Um, but I didn't tell you in advance about evangelism because I know that so often people find it as a scary word and they think, oh, no, I'm rubbish at that. I feel guilty because I don't bother or I just want to hide away from it. But I actually don't think it's as scary as you think it is. Um, I really think it is us just telling other people about Jesus. And we know that that was the last thing Jesus said, so we can't hide away from it. But please hear me right. I don't want to guilt you up because like guilt doesn't work. It's useless. Having people feel guilty about something they're not very, they feel like they're not very skilled at, that's a disastrous place for people to try and live through. Um, but we can't just ignore the fact that the last thing Jesus ever said to us was, well, go on, tell some people. Like, that's it. That's the last thing he, he says. Come on. This news is too good to keep to ourselves. You've heard it. You've been pleased with it. It's changed your life and heart. Share it. That's the last thing he says to us. Uh, have you guys been down and seen um, Port Elliot, Horseshoe Bay? At the end of Horseshoe Bay, there's this new surf lifesaving club. And the same at Kyrton. So a number of these places along the coast at Gulwar as well, they used to have these kind of like really simple boxes with, you know, with all the surf lifesaving gear and that's about it. And now I think generally the federal government, but some government somewhere gave them multiple millions to do one of these like monstrosities. Sorry, monstrosity sounds bad. Um, these glorious, these glorious palaces where they can have their surf lifesaving club. Like they've got, so often they've got cafes and bars and restaurants and like it's this, it's amazing. Like I've been to the one and we've eaten at the one at Kyrton. Again, like wonderful outlook, so well set up. You know, this one's not yet fully open and functional. But just imagine that, that now more kids were able to get involved in the um, Port Elliot Surf Lifesaving Club. And so like the, the club just grew and grew and there's more little tykes getting in there and jumping on their paddle boards and paddling out and getting fit. And, you know, there's like over the summer, there would be tens of thousands of people going in there for, you know, for a meal and a drink and to enjoy all of that. Imagine that they have like, like a hundred, hundreds of thousands of people through there and enjoy that time. But imagine if a few more people start to drown at Horseshoe Bay or at Kyrton Beach. Like if people start drowning there, like during the time where the Surf Lifesaving Club is put their little flags out and they're kind of somewhat watching, if they end up with more drowning deaths at the places with the Surf Lifesaving Club because like you've got this wonderful club, and everyone's having, you know, food and drinks and 
practicing their running on the beach and they're swimming and you know they're just having the most wonderful time being surf lifesavers and people are drowning more and more do you think the government would start to ask what do we spend that money on we just given you lovely facilities what are you called again oh that's it a surf life-saving club and if you're not saving lives if you're just letting people drown and really enjoying your facilities you've missed your basic mission right talk about mission drift now the difficult thing for us as a church is that it's called a church in the ancient greek it's ecclesia like the assembly the gathering but it doesn't really quite grab the great commission in the name surf lifesaving club makes it so obvious if they're not saving lives they're not doing what they're called to do but we still know that the last thing jesus ever said to us is share this good news don't keep it to yourself so if we end up with wonderful facilities doing a you know great time of eating and drinking and forgetting that there are people out there drowning in despair lacking hope living without jesus longing for healing lonely as all get out if we forget that there's a world drowning then we're like a surf life saving club having drinks while people miss out or people go under but sometimes the whole evangelism thing makes us feel like we're a door-to-door salesman or saleswoman and um, i don't think any of us are good at that i know the way that churches work if you were good at that you'd be at a pentecostal church pentecostal people are much better at sales baptists are teachers and nurses like that's the deal it's, oh hey you're on um no no but so there's there's some but that's why you spend a little bit of time at a pentecostal church um like dynamics wise you know if people are engineers and doctors they're down the road at an anglican church um churches seem to gather the types of people and sales generally isn't our thing occasionally it is but for a lot of people we feel awkward about that and sometimes evangelism feels like selling christianity but i don't think that's what jesus was doing i really don't think it's us going to people that we barely know with a list of propositional truths and trying to say come on tick these off agree with these i've got the books to show you why these are all right i'm happy to talk for as long as you want to make you agree with what i think like that's not what he was getting at like evangelism at its heart is us seeking to in like invite someone into a story this is a story of god at work in the world and they can be a part of it it's actually us introducing like someone else to our friend jesus in the same way if you go to a new workplace or a new community group or something you might be really looking forward to inviting these new friends and introducing these new friends to your husband or wife or your kids or someone special to you it's the same for us <laughs> that 
we just want to evangelism is about us helping someone else meet our God, meet our Savior. And so sometimes we get this thing about, so what are we actually trying to do? Well, I reckon at the heart of it, it is about us trying to tell three stories. Okay, I know I've just made it more complex than just one story, but hear me out. I think it is first about us trying to tell the story of God uh, because that's, that's the story we've been shaped by, the story we've learned, the story that matters. Um, uh, Rebecca Manley Pippet says, our problem is in evangelism is not that we don't have enough information. It is that we don't know how to be ourselves. We forget we are called to be witnesses to what we have seen and know, not to what we don't know. The key on our part is authenticity and obedience, not a doctorate in theology. It's not about us knowing it all. It's just what we know, seeking to share that story. So if all you know is Christmas and Easter, that's all you need to know. Like that's the heart of Christianity, right? Like Jesus came, was born. God cared for us enough. And he sent his own son. You know, maybe a bit of John 3.16 doesn't go astray. And then Easter, let me tell you that story. I'm going to tell you the story about my two favorite times of year. That's enough of the story. Or it could be that you understand a greater narrative and the sweep of scripture. And we remember how it all starts, that we're created for good. That beginning of God made this world beautiful, but then it was damaged by sin. We can't escape the fall, and we everywhere we look around, we see that. Uh, but then it's redeemed for better that Jesus comes and shows us the right way. Again, the whole Sermon on the Mount is Jesus saying to us, There's a better way to live. Follow me, live my way. Your life will be better if you live like if you stop living against the grain. That we are then sent to heal, we're included in God's work. And that we're looking forward to enjoying God forever. That's a great story. That we're called into the great narrative of God. So suddenly, as a random person in the 7 billion people on the planet, we have a place in history. We're there as one of the children of God. That's a great, great news for people drowning in despair. Then importantly, we can share our story. That's a, another crucial part of uh, evangelism. So I want you to turn to the person near you and talk about how you became a Christian, how and why, in two minutes. Now, really importantly, we know that when we have an opportunity that no one is listening past a couple of minutes. So it needs to be snappy because people just vague out you'll only ever get you know you can get longer than an elevator conversation but if you're talking talking with a friend they only want to know the the bare bones of what is like how and why are you now a jesus follower so turn discuss now all right that sounds like most of you have shared and um, how did you find that experience not too terrifying the person next to you hopefully thinks favorable thoughts towards you so it's not not too awful um yes johanna 
That's right. It is a bit like that. Um, yeah, so it is. It's that whole quick thing of knowing that yeah, people don't hang around forever and, you know, depends how long you're, you're having a coffee with someone. They might It might be for ages, but but so often if you're just, you know, chatting at work or at the bus stop or wherever, people just want to get to the, the big nugget of, so why are you into this Jesus thing? How did you get there? Um, and uh, scripture reminds us that uh, they defeated him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony in revelations. It, it reminds us of that, that crucial element that obviously we know Jesus, you know, Jesus blood has power. That's what um, cleans our hearts, but they put the word of the testimony on that kind of level that, that there's genuine power in our testimony. And like we know it from a modern life kind of postmodern way that you know people can't people can't argue with your story. But there's more than that. There's actually spiritual power aside from the fact that I might not believe in what you think about Jesus, but I'll accept that this is how your God has interacted with you. So sharing our story absolutely crucial part so we share you know the story of god but also sharing our story is, is really crucial but also telling the other person's story is key too i actually think opens up the conversations in really beautiful ways uh, and it all starts with listening if we're not listening to their story and that specific person of how life has been for them their heartaches, their struggles, their questions. And it's different for each person. And so that's why we're not door-to-door -door salesmen with this product of Christianity. Because it's entirely different the way we might share it for a different person. Like some people are asking like deep questions about the Odyssey. How does God allow evil? And for others, it's just like, just straightforward stuff of, I want to feel something. So we need to be listening to what's going on for them. Uh, Tim Keller suggests that everyone has got a story. And if you're able to inhabit that so well that they feel that you know their story better than they do, then, and then show in a compelling way how that story is only going to find resolution in Jesus, then uh, they are going to find a compelling case for Christianity. That as we acknowledge those moments of you know, what's, what's up in their life, their hopes, their dreams, their brokenness and loss, their struggles, their highlights, that as we acknowledge what's happening in their life and how God is seeking to speak into it, that they're actually going to be more likely to be open to him. One of the absolute baseline important things that we realize with evangelism is we are not going to bring them God. God is already at work in them. God has been at work in them from when they were born. He is the hand of heaven. He is seeking to draw all people to himself at all times. We just like become co-workers, partners in what God has already been doing. He's already been tapping them on the shoulder speaking into their heads. He's already been at work. There is no one that we go to bring the news to 
you find those tribes in the Amazon, God has already been at work in them, letting them know that he is the creator, that he longs for them to understand the story of Jesus and how it changes everything. So we go to join in. And so by acknowledging what's, what's up with their story, we can speak into that with power. And so I like this little Venn diagram and the way it talks about how when, when, you know, when God's story meets my story, we talk about our saving grace, the how bit. This is God's, that Jesus saved me at this time. Uh, when we, um, the other person interacts with God's story, we see the, the grace that goes before. God's grace when they don't even know what it is when they can't put it into words, when they may not have even heard of who Jesus is. And then between, between their story and our story, if we're listening well, that's, that's a friendship. It's those me too moments of saying, oh, yeah, I get that. That's, oh, I've had those moments. I hear you. I respect that. I may not understand fully what you're going through, but I get lost or I get betrayal or I... I get that search for meaning. And then when we pull it all together, that's actually the sweet spot for evangelism. Sharing our story, acknowledging their story, and telling it back in their words so they feel heard. And then the, the brilliant thing of sharing God's story, it's the best. So I want you to think about who is your favorite non-Christian person to hang out with. For me, it's my, my buddy, Jake. Known him since I was in OT. And we have great times talking about football, about music, about politics. Like it is effortless time. Now, again, don't get me wrong. I believe that Jesus puts people in our heart in all kinds of ways. And there might be a difficult neighbor or a difficult you know, co-worker or someone else that you're seeking to reach out to that God stretches you in asking you to, to care for them. But I actually think the highlight of friendship evangelism is when it's effortless. When it, when it just is someone that you're a friend of. And so you're not doing a, Jesus a favor by spending time with them. You're just loving it. It's someone that you want to hang out with. Maybe it's someone, a relative. Maybe it's someone, you know, that you see at work. Maybe it is a, a friend for decades, like it is for me and Jake. But I want you to think about how is the good news of Jesus good news for them? So for my mate Jake, like, he's doing pretty well financially. He's had a business. He's, you know, he's cruising along. But he's going to hit that point of like needing some further hope in life. There's an element to which he's kind of almost achieved some of his dreams and then got there and realized, what was that all about? What am I striving for anymore? So I want to speak into that space and say, actually, Jesus calls us to bring hope to others. Jesus calls us to acknowledge our brokenness and we don't just have to kind of make do for a few decades trying to entertain ourselves until we pass on. We've got a much better story than just sort of an empty secular materialism. 
That's the situation for my mate. Have a chat to the person next to you about who it is that first came to mind when I said, who's the, 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 your favorite person to just hang out with and hope that there are spots where you might share about Jesus. Talk about that person with the person next to you and what the good news of Jesus might be in that person's space. Discuss now. Keep talking about that after the service. I actually reckon that is a, a, a really crucial conversation topic for us to continue on with. So afterwards, please keep chatting about that. Uh, but I want to also just remind you of a couple of things you can't do in evangelism. Okay. So you can't explain everything. So I think it takes the pressure off that we don't need to tell the full story of everything that God has done for us in that first little moment where the person asks, so what even do you believe? Why is Jesus so important? We can't just hit them with the 20 minute monologue. The only person that gets to do a sermon is me. Um, if you do this kind of length of talking at people any other time, they will regret asking your question. Uh, you can't share every time. There are lots of times when I hang out with Jake and we talk about all sorts of deep stuff that actually doesn't connect to faith, but it just might connect to family and hopes and other things. Sometimes it does come back around to God. Sometimes it doesn't. And that's really important that it's not just here's the, here's the bit where Scott's going to smack him with the gospel. Uh, you can't tell it the same way each time. The, the best thing, the best, uh, word picture or picture that you can have of the gospel is that it is like a diamond, a multifaceted diamond, and that we can enter it in so many different ways. The gospel is not Romans road. Let me read you these four verses. So you understand now it is so much bigger than that. And so we seek to tell the story of the good news of Jesus and his offer for them to be a part of Jesus story in lots of different ways. Uh, we can't know it all. So again, the pressure's off. We don't have to get it all said and we don't have to have all the answers. So that's wonderful for us. And we can't do it by ourselves. It is really helpful to include others in that journey, connecting people up with our brothers and sisters in Christ, inviting them along to other things that might connect them with Christians and the Holy Spirit. Like it's again, the pressure's not on us of come on, Go out there and sell for Jesus. No, it's Jesus is at work. Look for those opportunities to tell a bit of your story, to give them a bit more information about God's story, to highlight to them those me too moments where we can say, I wonder if that's a thing of God in your life. I'm not even telling them, hey, that was God that did this in your situation, but asking it as a question, could that have been God? speaking into that situation, helping you in the midst of the dark times. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for who you are, for the hope that you give to each of us, for the way that you've changed our very lives. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you that we know the good news of our God who loves us, who sees us in our brokenness, who designed this world to be beautiful, 
and he's longing to bring it back from struggle and evil and brokenness. Lord, we thank you that we've said yes to that. Lord, we thank you that your spirit goes ahead of us, that it continues to work upon the lives of those that we see each day. Thank you, Lord, that we don't need to go overseas to be missionaries, but that you call us to just open our eyes and see the people around us each day that need to know more of your love. Lord, we pray that we would be uh, a church that is that sees those around us who are drowning and need your hope and love. Lord, lead us by your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thanks for listening to Movement today. If you enjoyed this show, then please take a second to give us five stars, tap subscribe, and tell a friend. We are available wherever you get your pods. Season two of Movement is hosted and produced by the team at Baptist Churches of SA. We'll be back next week with another special guest.